And Hayden, every time you come on, it, the news just gets worse for the newsmakers, doesn't it? It does, Brian. It's not good times out there for the media, but uh, today there was a, a media focus at the Epidemic Response Select Committee that Simon Bridges is chairing. And I, I sort of, it's sort of like a media palooza. It was just about every media executive in New Zealand of a major commercial media company anyway, and they all appeared and they gave sort of a rundown of the state of their business. And obviously it wasn't great. And one of the things they talked about was, hey, government, how about you spend more advertising, some of the social advertising, public information advertising on us and not so much in social media, which is owned by big corporates overseas? Yeah, that's absolutely right. So the thing that they just kept coming back to, and it was mentioned just a surprising number of times during by, by, by several executives, is that they want the government to spend their ad money with local media rather than Facebook and Google. And they made a moral and an economic case for that. So Stuff CEO Sinead Boucher, she, she said that the government was essentially enabling the spread of fake news misinformation when it was advertising with... Uh, Facebook and Google, that kind of thing. I mean, she points to March 15, where they allowed that sort of propagandic murder video to proliferate on their platforms. And she said the government was essentially complicit in that when it was spending on social media. And it was especially, she, she was especially angry about it because obviously her business is in really bad shape. And she's seeing that money that the government could spend saving them, and that's their stated aim, saving them, go to uh, social media that's killing them. And so TVNZ's Kevin Kenrick, he said a similar thing. He said the government was scoring own goals uh, when it was spending on social media. And Gavin Ellis, who's just there as a sort of adjudicator or independent witness was his title, he, he was at the end very strong about this. He said, you know, social media was essentially stealing the news media's product, using it to create engagement and then getting rewarded with ad money from both business and the government. And so there was that really strong point that came through, but <laughs> I'm not sure that it is actually going to be a difference maker. Well, what was the response from the committee? Well, there, there was a little bit, I mean, there, there was polite, but there was some indignance, and it was particularly from David Seymour of ACT, where he pointed out, you know, there, there are reasons that the government spends on social media, and that's because these companies have a really good business position, proposition, ad, ad proposition, and they have this ability to reach people that commercial media can't reach. And Sinead Boucher said, you know, stuff can compete. It has the same scale as Facebook in New Zealand. But then David Seymour actually made a pretty good rebuttal to that. He said, you know, if that's true, why haven't your key account managers been able to make the, the, that case to the people that are already purchasing advertising? And that's the nub, really, because the media hasn't been able to make that case, and that's why they are fighting. Those account managers are finding a losing battle long before COVID-19 came along. And even if the government stopped spending with social media altogether, gave all that money to local media, it probably wouldn't make a difference making dent in the media's books or make a huge difference to its situation. And, and that was actually acknowledged. It has, as I said in the introduction, been another tough week with a whole lot of new redundancies and it's all happening so fast that I'm not sure whether it was NZME or MediaWorks. I get them mixed up at the moment. 
Or was it both so, announced redundancies? No, it was NZME that, that, that announced it's cutting 200 jobs yep, that's right. this week. And their managing editor, Shane Curry, was there. And he essentially acknowledged that there was a need to reform the ad funding model, that it's not going to work long term. And that, if you might remember NZME is actually trying to acquire stuff. It's called the Stuff Me Merger kind of a play for yeah. name. <laughs> But he he said that, that even that that's not a, that's not going to be the be all and end all. That's just about building runway for them to reform their business so that they're sustainable. It's sort of there is this acceptance that they're not going to be able to take on Facebook and Google. They're not going to get that digital ad money back. And Boucher, though she didn't sort of say that, she you know stuff has made attempts at diversification. They've built their own social network and neighbourly. They've become an internet fibre provider. You know stuff isn't just a media business anymore. And and so there is sort of an acknowledgement there, but but from the smaller media that appeared, there was even more of an acknowledgement. And you saw Mark Jennings of Newsroom said the Stuff Me merger was basically not going to be able to revive <laughs> these companies that they're sort of uh, resigned to their fate now. That, that that the time to do that was a year ago. Duncan Grieve at the spinoff, you know, he said basically you need to get ended on the air funding and get and put pump it into if you want these these companies to survive you need to get NZ on air funding and pump it into them and you could fund that NZ on air funding by taxing facebook and google and i think that many of the politicians present they they were they seemed i'm i'm putting thoughts in their heads here but they seem resigned to this massive upheaval uh, that NZME and stuff are going to have to massively change sometime in the near future. And, and there was essentially this idea that that they could pump money into them, but it wasn't going to be a long-term solution. And so, I mean, there's an acknowledgement there. Gavin Ellis closed the day by essentially admitting that type of sea change is coming. Uh, but he said that government still needs to help media because it's going to be so much easier to rebuild the sector if it's not already in wreckage. And you can think back to Grant Robertson yesterday <laughs> at the same committee. He, he compared the media to a patient with pre-existing con- conditions. You know, the, the, and, and in that metaphor, the government giving the media money, uh, it may keep the patient alive for a while. And this is a commercial media I'm talking about, but, but they might still not make it. And if they do, they're definitely going to have to change their lifestyle to get healthy again. Hayden, a quick aside here, but remember last week we talked about Local papers not been essential. Has there been any change in that? Or are they still? Uh, no, there's no change. The, 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 the uh, Community Newspapers Association actually, uh, David McKenzie of them, they they did actually appear. He made a pretty forceful case that it's really stupid that daily newspapers can deliver six times a week and he's not allowed to deliver one if you're making it a safety issue. Why is six times a week? safer than one time a week uh they all said yes yes and sort of moved on i think that it's not going to change there's only one week left of lockdown all going well and the, i guess their hope is that they'll be able to restart again in a week i can't really imagine the whole pretty much the whole of the media sector in this country being subsidized by the government in one form or another to to keep operating that doesn't seem like a sustainable model either Going back to Bauer and thinking about some of the publications that were closed and thinking surely there's still enough demand for somebody to come along and buy some of those publications and make some money from it. Maybe not the amount of money that Bauer wanted, but maybe enough for a local. Could we actually go full circle from this concentration of ownership back to small owners again, running media outlets? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that maybe small owners is part of the solution, but Bell was vulnerable to the same thing as NZME, and that's that that so much of that ad spend is starting to go to Google and Facebook and the tech giants. And so it was hard not to come away from this hearing today thinking that the smaller players that appeared, the spin-off and newsroom, uh, business desk to an extent, that, that they seemed like they were, you know, they were born in this market and they are adapted to this market and they have different means of funding themselves and they're much more subscription-based, they're more specialists. And it was hard not to come away with the idea that that it might be the future. And and there are people at Hamish McKenzie of Substack. It, it's an email subscription service. And they're, they're talking about the same sort of thing, you know, uh, that, that maybe the future is a subscription model, specialist services. But the thing is, you can talk all blue skies and, and, and about this now. But if they are the future and those two big media companies or maybe three, media, MediaWorks stuff, NZME, if they fold, that's, that's not just – onward into a beautiful tech-filled future that scores of our best journalists losing their jobs. And it is some of the greatest journalism legacies in the country sort of disappearing. And so it's, it's hard to sort of feel positive about that change. But But Hayden, Hayden, and I've given you two minutes to tell us about this. Paul Henry is coming back. Yeah, speaking of, uh, yeah, old media. Paul Henry's coming back to MediaWorks, and so he's uh, debuting Rebuilding Paradise with Paul Henry, Henry on April 20. It's going to run four nights a week for four weeks. Uh, it's a big get for MediaWorks. Henry is a great broadcaster that's undeniable, and he can deliver ratings. But you might remember MediaWorks staff were recently asked to take a 15% pay cut or face redundancies. Yannicka to Allen was tweeting tonight that that's putting many of them on probably just above minimum wage. And so you've got this probably he's known as a very high paid staff member coming in he's also he's known for being a, a bit reactionary at times yeah he's saying he'll only get a fraction of what he'd normally be paid uh but it could be pretty galling for the MediaWorks staff also you're right he's known for being reactionary he might be toned down though he did an interview with the spin-off duncan grieve today where he said some sort of greeny things almost he you know this show is about uh, Blue Sky's thinking about how we can rebuild New Zealand after COVID-19. His idea, his big idea was uh, becoming a world leader in renewable energy. Mm. Uh, and I, I saw that he also talked about how we've undervalued sort of our essential workers, shelf stackers and the likes, and overvalued other professions that are a lot more useful. Like, like so, television presenters. Possibly. I, he didn't say that explicitly, but I mean, you, you, other people could make that implication. Uh, whether, we've, whether we're seeing a new kind of Paul Henry remains, remains to be seen. Hayden, thank you so much for joining us again. All the very best and I hope there's still some media to watch next week. Oh, that is the hope. Thanks very much, Brian.